Hello and welcome to another episode on Football Talk Podcast. My name's Ozzy and I'm your host for today's show. Big match week for some teams in the league, especially in the top half. Arsenal defeat Liverpool to place themselves back in the title hunt. Man City defeat Brentford 3-1 from a fallen hat-trick. Manchester United beat West Ham and are climbing up the table. And Chelsea will want to forget last week as they lost twice and conceded eight goals. But let's discuss each game in detail and we'll start with the Arsenal versus Liverpool game. So, firstly, what a performance from the Gunners who were fantastic throughout the game and thoroughly deserved the win. But if I'm being honest, I think Liverpool made them look good as they were shocking in this game. And for me, Klopp got his tactics and team selection wrong. Asking Trent to play as a more orthodox right-back did not work. He's more accustomed to playing uh, with more freedom and more of the inverted full-back role um, as he has more of the ball. I don't think it was Klopp's plan to start Trent Alexander-Arnold due to the fact that he's just come back from injury um, and he still, for me, doesn't look match fit and isn't quite ready yet. Conor Bradley would have started this game, but unfortunately his father passed away last week. I mean, our condolences to Conor and his family during this very difficult time and our thoughts and prayers are with him. Um, back to the game in terms of Joe Gomez, he was playing the inverted role and that didn't work uh, either. Starting Braven Burke and Gakpo was the wrong call as well, in my opinion. I would have preferred Elliot to have played that number eight role and he's more accustomed to playing that position. And I would play Jota on the right-hand side and Gakpo through the middle, as Gakpo, for me, isn't effective when he plays on the right wing. But, hey, forget the team selection. Liverpool, altogether, were below par against Arsenal. We lacked in- intensity um, and urgency in our play. Arsenal were fantastic. They were moving the ball very quickly around the pitch. As silly as it sounds, they wanted to win more than Liverpool. This match was their Champions League final. And you can tell by their celebrations from the players, the managers and the fan. Bit over the top for me. You'd think they just won the league. Uh, Arsenal were jubilant uh, about being second over the weekend. They're now third. Um, some Arsenal fans are getting carried away. It's fine. Enjoy the moment. Honestly, I think you'll be humbled very soon and I'll be there. Don't you worry about that. But what does this result do for the league? Some Arsenal fans say they're back and they're in the tower hunt. Technically, yes, but this result only benefits Man City, who are second uh, with only two p- points behind Liverpool, and they also have a game in hand. But hey, let's get back into the game. In terms of the key moments, uh, let's talk about the goals. The first goal, a lovely free ball from Odegaard to split the Liverpool defence. Alisson blocks have its shot, but Saka scores from the rebound. The Liverpool equaliser, great play and persistence from Diaz as Gabriel handballs it into the back of the net. What's wrong with these Arsenal players? Always handballing it like it's NBA. First was Odegaard early in the season and now it's Gabriel. But in terms of the goal, it was great timing. It was just before half-time. Liverpool, for me, um, actually didn't deserve that goal. Um, it was a bonus going into that second half. And speaking of the second half, I feel like the first opening 20 minutes was probably the best phase uh, full up in, in that period. Uh, but Arsenal's second goal was the stinger. Calamity from Alisson and Van Dijk in regards to that goal. Firstly, Van Dijk should have cleared the ball, uh, shouldn't have let that ball bounce. But then I question Alisson's decision-making to come forward and make that clearance. 
And for me, that was an error as it caused more issues than anything else. And then you see Martinelli capitalising and hitting the back of the net. The day got bad from worse as Kanata gets a red card. For me, the challenge was a soft one to get a booking for. But unfortunately, I get it. It's the modern day officiating. You get booked for looking at the ref a certain way nowadays. But as fans, all we ask for from these referees is consistency. Moments before Gabriel drags Nunes to the ground, the ref pretty much ignores it. Nunes gets frustrated and then he gets booked for his reaction. Now, Gabriel was on a yellow card himself, just like Canate. So the outcome should have been the same as the challenges were like for like. Nothing given, an absolute joke. But hey, that is the refereeing of this country, unfortunately. But from there on, the damage was done. 10 men on the pitch, right side was pretty much open and Arsenal exploded through the counter-attack. Great run by Trossard, but he got lucky for the finish, in my opinion. Slight deflection from Van Dijk, but Alisson's position was just all over the place. The ball goes through his legs. Game over. Well done to Arsenal on the victory. Let us know the time and the date of the parade, as this was a special day for the Arsenal fans. Despite all of that, Liverpool are still top of the league, two points clear. Of course, as I mentioned earlier, City still have a game in hand, but there's a lot of games still to play for in this campaign. For Liverpool, and I'll be brutally honest, it was a, simply a bad day in the office, and these things happen. The players are human after all. That's our second defeat in 34 games. Hey, we go again. No problem at all. In terms of the next fixture, Brentford versus Man City, uh, which ended 3-1 uh, to Man City. The result between Arsenal and Liverpool certainly brought a smile to the Man City masses as it was the perfect result for them to get back to the top with a game in hand. And their first stop was against Brentford and it wasn't an easy game. Um, as previously, especially last season, uh, Brentford did a double on City. So was it going to be a walk in the park? And it felt like it could have been a repeat of last season as Morpé opened the scoreline for Brentford Fantastic long ball from the goalkeeper Flecken. Takes a big bounce and Morpé is on the shoulder. Goes through on goal and slots it into the bottom corner. But then the game changed and it was Phil Foden who stepped up and took the game in his hands. The first goal, Pinnock face to clear. The ball with his header. It ends up with Foden who controls it and places it in the back of the net. The second goal, what a ball from Kevin De Bruyne. Finds Foden in the middle of the box. And he guides the ball with a header into the back of the net. The third goal, great team move as Haaland threads the through ball towards Foden, who goes through on goal and finishes clinically to claim his hat-trick. City are up and running. That's five wins on the bounce since their return from the Club World Cup. Haaland and Kevin De Bruyne are back in the team as well. It's scary hours for the rest of the Premier League. Next fixture, Manchester United versus West Ham. The youngsters stole the show for Manchester United. The first goal, what a move and finish by Holland. Great turn of speed, cutting in and then shooting with his right foot. The second goal, Ganacho playing on the right side, normally plays on the left, but this time he scored his first goal of the game. Cuts in, hits the left foot strike, slight deflection as it hits the back of the net. The third goal, McTominay drives with the ball, threads it towards Ganacho, who slips whilst he shoots but still manages to hit the back of the net. So, overall, a good win for United. Back to winning ways. United fans seem to be very vocal this weekend. They've been on mute for most of the season, 
But after this win and then seeing Liverpool lose against Arsenal, they became football fans all of a sudden. So welcome back to a lot of you. Let's hope you stay longer this time, but concentrate on your team and stop talking with chess like you're going to do anything this season because Liverpool are still top of the league and you're currently six. There's something to get off my chest there as well. In terms of the next fixture, Chelsea versus Wolves. That ended 4-2 to Wolves. It's not been a good week for Chelsea or better known as Billy FC to me. Back-to-back -back defeats and conceding eight goals in two games. Now, Poch's position is certainly under fire and somehow even suggested it's time for him to leave, which is no surprise as that is the Chelsea way. But let's say the club do make that decision. Who should come in as the new Chelsea manager? Because they've more or less hired everyone in world football. One name is popping up and it's a former Chelsea manager and that's Jose Mourinho. Would it be third times a charm? Not for me. I don't think that's the right appointment. He brings experience, which I believe the club needs at this time. But there's bigger problems at the club um, than the actual manager or coach. They're signing players without the manager's consent. And that's never going to help or bring any success to the team. Drop a comment. Let me know who you think should be the next Chelsea manager if Pochettino is dismissed from his job. But hey, back to the game. What a performance from Wolves. And let's give some credit to Gary O'Neill. He lent his trade with Liverpool under-23s as an assistant manager a few years ago. And since then, he's really developed as a coach. He was doing a great job at Bournemouth and, for me, uh, was unfairly dismissed um, in that position. But the job that he's doing this season at Wolves is remarkable. And due to having other big-name managers in the league and he may go under the radar, I still think he's doing a phenomenal job. Um, and... I think he's doing a good job as any manager in the league. He's been very impressive. And speaking of being very impressive, Cunha has been fantastic for Wolves this season. Now, I remember Liverpool linked with him uh, a few years ago when he used to play for her for Berlin and was, in fact, likened to Bobby Firmino. So he was always a player that I checked on to see what sort of uh, player he is, uh, if there's any similarities. I think there were in terms of skill and creativity from being an attacking player. But like Firmino, he lacked that clean set in front of goal. But this season, it's been a different story altogether. He's now scored nine goals in the Premier League so far this season. So he could easily go into double figures, which would be his best tally in his career. But in terms of this game and performance, you've got to give credit to Wolves on the win. Chelsea have now dropped to 11th. It's not looking good for the Blues, unfortunately. Next game, Everton versus Tottenham, which ended 2-2. Tottenham thought they were walking away with the winner, but they were denied by Everton, who rescued a point and equalised late in the game. Richarlison opens the scoreline with a left footed strike. Great play by Udogi with the assist. Everton equalised through a corner. A howler from Vicario allows Tarkovsky to head a cross goal to cover Lewin, and he pretty much nods the ball from close range. Richarlison then scores a spectacular goal to make it 2-1 and refuses to celebrate against his former club. He's been in decent form as of late. That's his 10th goal of the season uh, in the Premier League. Um, his highest tally in a season is 13. So he's pretty much on course to exceed that. But it was all heartbreak at the end of the game as Romero heads the ball into the back of his own net to award Everton with a point. Fortunately, Tottenham have now dropped to fifth and Everton remain in the relegation zone in 19th position. Now, in terms of other games... Sheffield United suffered a heavy defeat against Aston Villa, which ended 5-0. I 
Great response from Villa after their defeat last week against Newcastle. Douglas Luiz was fantastic on the ball in this game. The first goal, it was his through ball that split the Sheffield United defence. Watkins threw on goal. His shot, his shot was cleared off the line, but McGinn scores from the rebound. The second goal, what an assist from Douglas Luiz with the outside of his right foot. Watkins threw on goal, and this time he applies the finish that hits the back of the net. Leon Bailey makes it 3-0, hitting the top bin. Tielemann gets into the act and smashes his shot onto the crossbar and in to make it 4-0. And Alex Moreno hits a left foot volley to make it 5-0. So a five-star performance for Unai Emery's boys there. Next fixture, Brighton versus Crystal Palace, which ended 4-1 to Brighton. A huge defeat for Palace against their rivals. Dunk scores an opening goal with a header. Hinshaw Wood scores a fantastic header to make it 2-0. Uh, Buonote makes it 3-0 with a lovely left-footed finish. Mateta gets a consolation goal for Palace with a header. And Jao Pedro hits a hard low shot into the back of the net to make it 4-1. There's a lot of talk surrounding Roy Hodgson. And his future at the club, Palace are currently 14th and they need to pick up points very, very soon to avoid being dragged into any relegation battle. Next game, Newcastle versus Luton Town, which ended 4-4. What a game this was. Uh, ended up being an eight-goal thriller. Goals from Longstaff, who pretty much scored a brace, a Trippier and Barnes for the home side. And then for Luton Town, it was Osho, Barkley, um, uh, Morris, who scored from the penalty spot, and Adebayo. Luton Town have become a very, very difficult team to face. And yeah, they're doing really well so far this season. Burnley and Fulham ended 2-2. Another draw for Fulham. But they will be disappointed not to take all three points as they were 2-0 up. Um, goals from Polina And then Fofana, who is on loan from Chelsea, I believe, scores a brace on his home debut. What a start from the striker there. And the final game, Bournemouth versus Nottingham Forest. Uh, which ended 1-1. Points shared at the Vitality Stadium. Cliver scores the opening goal as he pretty much nicks it from the goal line from Sinistera's uh, head, I think it was. Hudson Odoi equalises with a fantastic low shot. And Billing, unfortunately, gets a red card on his challenge on Hudson Odoi, uh, which was the right decision in the end. So that's my Matrix 23 uh, review. I just got a comment here from Daz. Bless up, Ozzy. Bless up yourself, Daz. Thank you for tuning in and thank you for your comment as always. Uh, before we end the show, let me announce the FPL Manager of the Week. And this goes to Ali Askar Mosaferi and his team name is Ali Piero FC. You managed to gain 113 points, which is an outstanding uh, tally for this week. So well done to you, Ali. Uh, I think this uh, tally has actually moved you up to fourth in the league. In terms of my performance, I had a terrible weekend. Um, I only managed to gain 48 points. And I've dropped to 53rd. Feel like I've dropped about 25 odd positions there. So yeah, a lot of work to do to make up the numbers. But hey, like I mentioned earlier, still a lot of games to go. Um, what I'll do before we end the show, I'll share the FPL um, standing, and then we can see who's in the top 10 of our league. So let's start with the top. So we've got we've got a new leader in the league. We've got Jordan Smith. Um, he scored 90 points. He is the top of the league with his team called Not Sure. Rupert Mohan has moved up to second. Uh, Ali Askar Mosaferi, who was fourth, but actually has moved on to third now. Nana Sara, who's been top for a number of weeks now, has dropped to fourth. 
then you have Joseph Harrison with of Hassoff FC, and then you got BT, um, and the team name is Das EFX. Then you have Sebastian Tunic uh, with his team Papa Willock in seventh. Then you have Pasaruan Mania, uh, who's currently eighth. And then you've got Teo Aziz, the undefeated goal, and number nine. Uh, and then you've got Piraz uh, Verma uh, of his team Papa Jadi, Jadila, um, who's moved up to 10th. So that's a new entry in our top 10. So yeah, some movers and shakers, certainly. Um, Jordan Smith's taking top spot. So let's see how he does next week because the gap's not a lot. So obviously, second place, only two points gap. And then Nana Sari, who's been top for quite a while. Yeah, he can easily gain some points next week. So, yeah, very, very interesting in terms of our FPL there. And that's a wrap-up for today, guys. So, thank you to everyone for tuning in. Thank you to Dan for your comment. If you haven't already, please don't forget to like, comment, share, and subscribe to the channel. In terms of upcoming content, uh, I will be doing a show tomorrow as I start a new episode on FC24. So, I'll be testing my gaming skills by creating myself in the player career mode. So, let's see. Um, if I have what it takes to be a professional. Uh, then on Thursday, I'll be doing a match preview of Liverpool versus Burnley and then the match reaction on Saturday evening at 10pm UK time. So a lot of shows coming up this week for you guys. Um, so yeah, thank you for tuning as always. Take care, stay safe, and I hope to see you all very, very soon. Goodbye.